morning and welcome to Faith FM. What was that, Monica? Just say I love your shirt. Absolutely. <laughs> you me just, too. Just took your jacket off and I'm like, that's a cool shirt. It absolutely. Didn't is. the mics were on. <laughs> hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by myself, Lawson, and my wonderful, amazing, and complimentary, well, giving out compliments, <laughs> co-host, Monica. Monica, I like your ribbon. Th- Happy Fabulous Friday, everyone. Happy Fabulous Friday. Is that? I'm no longer doing Casual Friday. I have relegated Casual Friday <laughs> over to Mech Monday. And Fab- <laughs> Friday is now Fabulous Friday. Friday is now the day that I wear the things I'm always a little bit too shy to wear. Every woman... Every woman listening to this show right now has something in her wardrobe that she loves but is a little bit too shy to wear because she's wondering how people would judge her when she goes out in it. So Friday, Fabulous Friday is a day to wear that stuff. Don't let it sit there in the closet, collect dust. I know DJ Shell has a couple of those pieces. I was with her when she bought them and I've never seen her wear them so she needs to start wearing them on Fridays. I personally have never participated in Casual Friday because I live casual you, Friday. Yeah, you live casual Given, every day. <laughs> it's like, well, right now we're in our relocated studio out here in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. nowhere. And it's just us, right? But even when we were in an office building, because we leave at like 9am. Before everyone gets Before here. everyone gets there. We're like, in and out and we don't see anyone. Standards don't apply to me, okay? <laughs> I, I, I'm just better than those things. Um, <laughs> to the breakfast show. No, I'm all about it. I'm always all about wearing nice clothes. I try to wear nice clothes to church and, you know. Yeah. But it's a, definitely a benefit of radio work that I can come in. What am I wearing right now? I'm wearing a t shirt. It jeans. says Faith Over Fear, which I like. Yeah. And I'm wearing like my slippers with no socks, you know, counting on the heating just to, to warm us up here in now. Where did you get that shirt from? I got it when we're at camp. Why didn't you get me one? Oh, because you weren't there. Well, that's what I'm saying. You didn't get me one because oh, I true. wasn't there. True. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. I am looking around the studio and I've got a plate in front of me that I am impressed by because I'm impressed by the contents of the plate, Mm -hmm. which is a bunch of homemade pies Mm -hmm. that, Monica, you have made for us to eat, which just looks absolutely scrumptious. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. And then I look to my right and I see a similar sight, but I'm more impressed by the plate than the contents of the plate because producer Shell has taken one of those pies and used a notepad as the plate. I'm like, (laughs) won't the juices like seep through like that poor notepad? But hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Do you want a tissue to like... Nah, she's good. She's like, she's like, it's she's all. She's rolling with it. She's she's recycling. You know, she's giving it multiple uses instead of instead of that page just being used for writing and being thrown away. It's just you know, it's gonna be it's upgraded. That's right, absolutely. <laughs> You're listening to the breakfast show, and we're going to have. Oh, final day of quizzes. Yes, today is your last opportunity to get in with a chance to win our beautiful prize this week. It is the Journal of the Word Reference Bible. It's an NKJV comfort print, a vegan leather, brown and copper-edged, gold-edged, not gold-edged, copper-edged page Bible. It's a really beautiful book. It has end-of-page references, which allow you to find related passages quickly and easily. It has premium paper, um, so it limits bleed-through, which is ideal for taking notes in your Bible. And this Bible is designed for you to take notes in your Bible, so it has wide line margins, which provide space to reflect, journal, create art next to your favorite verses. It lies flat in your hand or on your desk. Uh, it has the words of Christ in red, so you can quickly identify the verses spoken by Jesus. It has a satin 
ribbon marker, which allows you to easily navigate and keep track of where you were reading. Uh, and it's 8.5 comfort print, so that's a pretty good size. That is the prize. Today is your last opportunity to get in. We only have five quizzes left this morning. Just get one right, guys. Give it a crack. Send us in an answer. Here is your first quiz. Who helped a eunuch to understand a portion of the book of Isaiah? Oh. Mm, interesting one. Who helped a eunuch to understand a portion of the book of Isaiah? I love this Give us story. a text, 0491064669. Hey, if you don't want the prize, if you already have enough Bibles in your life and everyone you know has a Bible, you don't need to give one away, just to get a little asterisk next to it and we know that you're just playing uh-huh. for, the, for the pat on the back. Absolutely. Hey, 0491064669. Who helped a eunuch to understand a portion of the book of Isaiah? Monica, yes, what is happening in the world of positively oh, different news? One of my all-time favorite subjects. Really? Um, yes, yes, yes. But hey. Um, Let, oh, can I guess what it is? Yes. Okay, is it food? No. Okay, is it DJ Shalnos? Dogs. Thank you. Uh, oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said animals. I followed it up. With... Specifically Lawson. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Um, actually, do you know, it's my uh, birthday coming up next year in March. It's a big one for me. Uh-huh. And I am planning, hopefully, to go to Egypt for my birthday. It's, my, it's going to be my 40th. Uh-huh. Um, I actually been planning my 40th since I turned 35. That's powerful. I sent out invitations to my 40th on my 35th birthday. At the time, I was planning to do the Trans-Siberian Railway. Um, Lawson, I'm so sorry. It was just for my inner circle. And at that time, I don't think I knew you. Did I? No. Yeah, no, no. What about... Now, you can though. come now. No, no, actually, sorry, no. Everyone got uninvited. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, to, thanks to Putin himself. Thanks to Putin himself. So my plan was to do the Trans-Siberian Railway. That had been uh-huh. my dream to do my four-year oh. on, on the Trans. Go all the way from Moscow through to Beijing with just my inner circle. Dude, he had a vendetta against you. He's like, yeah, this woman will he, not he be. He saw those birthday invitations. He's like, I didn't get invited, so no one's coming. Yeah, that's nah, right. he didn't. Um, so, yeah, so I sent out those invitations. I was like, you know, five years is a good long time to save up for that because it obviously was going to cost a lot for my friends to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've switched, I've switched, uh, switched gears and now I'm hoping to go to um, Egypt and uh-huh. do like an ancient world history tour kind of a thing uh, with my friend Vani who has a degree in history. So Aww. it's been very interesting. Um, but, like, you know, because I, I love planning birthday stuff and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But I'm rethinking it now, reconsidering it because there's a guy that I read about on the internet who really seems to know what he's doing. Uh-huh. So this is Dr. Robert Moore. And he also is an avid dog lover, right? He turned 100 last week, 100 years old, this guy. And do you know what his family and him cooked up? They put a notice out on the internet and said, you know, Dr. Robert Moore, who apparently in this town is well-known and well-loved, he's been a doctor in this town Mm -hmm. for a long time, and before his retirement, they said it's Dr. Roberts. Um, it's, it's his hundredth birthday. He is going to be sitting outside his house at this and this time on this and this day. Come and wish him a happy birthday, but bring your dog. Oh, so he can hang out with the dog. So he can say hello to the dogs. And now we're expecting like maybe thirty dogs. Over 200 dogs showed up. They literally had a queue. I've watched the video. Like the, the person like shows um, Dr. Dr. Moore sitting on his, uh, he has like a little sort of assisted, um, not a wheelchair floor, but like a, a wheelie chair. Yeah. And he's sitting on his wheelie chair and he's patting the dog and then it shows the line and it goes all the way to the corner, 
all the way down the block to the next corner and starts wrapping around the back of the block. And like mm. the video didn't even get to the end of the line. There were so many dogs. That is amazing. And he patted every single dog. Um, people just showed up for free. They brought him flowers. They brought him cupcakes. They brought him drawings. They even had a giant birthday card that they pinned to a, um, to a whiteboard and they wheeled mm. it out onto the, onto the lawn and had everyone come and sign it. He said he was very touched and it's a day that he'll never forget. I can't, can you imagine getting a pat 200 dogs in one day? Okay, so I'm just thinking, obviously the attraction of this situation is that he turned 100, right? So everyone's like, yeah, we'll and rock that up. He's and well loved. Yeah, yeah, he's a well loved guy. And Monica, you're well loved, but you're not turning 100. So I think there would maybe be a little bit less motivation. So my thought is actually tell people that you're turning. 400. <laughs> Announce your 400th birthday and say this is the oldest woman living currently. Just chuck a zero on the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't even... You, you, all Move the, the flyers. Point. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, it's her 400th birthday coming up. Bring your dogs. People will be surprised oh, by that. I, so I guarantee. <laughs> yeah, they'll be surprised. They'll turn up to just make sure I'm lying, which I obviously am. No, and then, and then they'll say, wait, you don't look 400 because... <laughs> 400 year old people are dead and then you're like it's, it's I'm, a I'm, a, I'm a vegetarian <laughs> got that adventure thing going on hashtag health message yeah. dude that's amazing hashtag the health what is the ministry of healing yeah that's right <laughs> no do, do you know I, I shared something similar recently on Faith FM um, the one that had all our listeners crying oh yeah, yeah of yeah, course yeah and so I, I, I thought this is just so kind that people mm. would take time out to go stand in a queue that's 200 dogs long uh-huh. and uh, and just to let a 100-year-old man, you know, pat their dog and have a little piece of joy on his birthday. It's so mm. kind of people. Oh, I, I don't know that I would stand in a queue that, that was that, that long. I would love if he if he continues to live, God willing, mm-hmm. and he turns 101, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> even, you know, even that number, there's immediately, you know, thoughts of dogs that comes up, 101 Dalmatians. But this can become like an international event. Oh, that's such a where, good idea. Where, like, say, you know, because this is like a town somewhere where the dogs are mayor. It's like kind of a joke, but. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember reading there. about this a long time ago. But, yeah, it, but just like really famous dogs from around the world should come to uh-huh. celebrate, the, you know, and there's like a guest list. It's like it's like the Met Gala for dogs. It becomes a dog festival. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for this guy's down. 101st birthday. Do you know what? If it, if there really is a town where the dog is a mayor, that should be their tourism plug is to have is. a giant dog festival right? every year. Let me, like, let me, let if me they're not this. doing that, they're sleeping on an opportunity right there. To, I, I want to move to that town. Are you looking up right now? Yeah. <laughs> dog town. Is a, it's in the US, isn't it? It has y- to be. Yeah, 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 it yeah. wouldn't be anywhere else on the planet other than America. Okay. Mayor, this is, so this is from Pine Grove, California. Oh, wow. And Max was, his name was Mayor Max the second. And he was mayor. Okay. So he was, he was living from, from, uh, uh, wait, I'm confused. Hold on. Because they didn't have a local government yet. Um, so he essentially, he had a term, but I believe it was between 2012 and 2014. Wow. As the, as the mayor of this town. I didn't have a government, so I just put a dog in place. <laughs> I have questions. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't think I'll get them answered. <laughs> How did he make decisions? Did they put like two two bits of paper in front of them, and whichever one he sniffed at first? He's was, obviously a state, you know. Um, he was a puppet. It, he was a he puppet. Was yeah, used. that's yeah, yeah. right. The power that's behind right. the puppy. That's, Who was it? <laughs> he was. He was a puppy. 
puppy puppet. He was a puppy puppet. Yeah, he was he was a state appointed. You know, he wow. He was a part of the propaganda cycle. Actually, do you know what? I have <laughs> I have met the official dogs of Cuba. There's two of them. What does that mean? Yeah, so there's two dogs. They they hang out. I think it's at the entrance of the embassy or maybe their biggest bank. I can't remember. Uh-huh. But they have literally they wear government ID and they're um there for uh, good goodwill ambassadors and uh-huh. you can go meet them and I've met them and they are. Very sweet, very sweet. Aww. Definitely good, uh, good ambassadorship. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. I said introing that song, I'm like, that's John Thurlow with John the Baptist, and maybe you started to think, <laughs> wow, they, they, it, this song features John, John the, the Baptist. Baptist? <laughs> no, but the song is called John the Baptist. You're listening to the Breakfast Show, and we're going to have our next quiz. Yes, quiz number two. It has a uh, it's a Bible verse that contains a blank. So I need you to tell me what the blank word is. Mm-hmm. Be not forgetful to entertain blank, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Uh. I'm just going to question for DJ Shell. Am I supposed to be reading out the verse because it is in a different color? Yeah. Okay, it's Hebrews thirteen, uh, Hebrews chapter thirteen and verse two. Mm-hmm. Be not forgetful to entertain blank, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Mm. I love, I love, I love this, this verse. passage. As yeah. a kid, I love this verse because I was like, "Ooh, yeah. I have met an angel." Yeah. Oh, there you go. Hey, you're listening to the breakfast show, and we've had a text come in, which is a prayer request from James. And the text, the text reads this. He says, "I have a prayer request for the morning. Right now, there is an Adventist medical doctor flying his new plane solo back to Vanuatu. His first plane was wrecked during the last cyclone. He's flying solo, and it will take him most of the day." He left the Gold Coast 35 minutes ago, which now is about 45 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So I thought that we could pray on air Let's and pray for someone who is doing incredible work. Let's pray. Lord Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much uh, for this time that we have to come together and to do radio and particularly to lift up this doctor in prayer, Lord, as he's heading back to Vanuatu. He has amazing work to do over there, and it's awesome that you've blessed him with a vehicle to be able to, yeah, traverse over over the seas and to be able to, yeah, go to Vanuatu and serve your mission there. And I just pray you'd keep him safe and, um, yeah, keep him out of harm's way so that he would be enabled to do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, speaking of the ocean, the, the breaking, ongoing, unfolding oh, yeah. worldwide mm-hmm. story of the Titan uh, and the Ocean Gate Titan has come to an end last night. I went to, well... I was about to say I went to bed last night. I didn't get to bed till really, 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 really late. I'm having some tooth troubles, as I've described on air. Uh, but I, before f- falling asleep last night, which was at a very, very... I would probably use the words this morning. Uh, before falling asleep this morning, I, uh, I was checking my phone, checking the news cycle, like, have they got any information on this submarine? And when I woke up this morning... And check my phone again in the you know brief hours that I'd been asleep. They finally do now. For those who don't know, uh, there was a submersible, uh, submersible. So like a tiny submarine, basically. That's right. Uh, that was being it was being run by this company called OceanGate, and its whole deal is that it would take you down to the Titanic. Mm. For you to see the wreckage and, you know, explore it and whatnot. It had a bunch of cameras on the outside. The inside was, there's no windows or anything like that. Has a bunch of cameras on the outside and you sit in there and they, you know, drop all the way down the four kilometer drop all the way down to the bottom of the ocean where the Titanic is. Whoa, wait, 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 hang on. 
There's no windows. They're just looking at the screen. Yep. Why would you even go down then? Just send the cameras down and sit in the boat and look at the screen from the boat. Did they not think that through? Monica, Monica, there's a lot of things that weren't thought through in this situation. Well, yeah. well that was, seems to be the key one. What's the point of going down there if you can't even see anything out the window? So after one hour, the the submarine, one hour and 45 minutes, the submarine went dark. This was last Sunday. And since last Sunday until now, they have been looking for this thing, mm. desperately trying to find it. Before the oxygen ran out, because apparently they That's had 96 right. hours worth of so oxygen. So they had, they had 96 hours worth of oxygen. What was particularly um, noteworthy about this story is the passengers on the submarine being a group of like famous billionaires mm. uh, that all got on the sub and they submersed down into the ocean and then went missing. And so it was like, where are these guys? And all the news updates were coming through and all of these different experiences and press releases from the company and whatnot. And ultimately this morning they found the wreckage Mm. and came to the conclusion that at that one hour and 45 minute mark in which the submarine went dark, the, the, the hull of the submarine had just completely imploded on itself instantly just wiping out the people inside. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of speculation as to, you know, how they, went out and it was like, oh, you know, it would be, that'd be horrible, right? You know, you're trapped at the bottom of the ocean and, and just contemplating death, but that's not what took place at all. It it just, again, an hour and 45 minutes, like last Sunday, an hour and 45 minutes into the mission, the thing just completely, like has a hole failure, completely implodes and they've been able to find them now. Now, this is obviously quite a sad story. It's horrific. But leading up to... You know this, and and during this time of investigation, um, there was many markers. The, it yeah, was so really many. highlighted some of the red flags mm-hmm. as a result of this mission, and particularly the thing what like this video went viral that came out uh, within the last year of what the submersible is actually like, and it is made out of materials from literally like the American equivalent of Bunnings. Yeah. And it is run off a video game controller that you can buy for $30. Mm-hmm. And it was just, they, they, they were just looking at all these things and a big part of their promotional material, like the documentary that was made about them is this guy signing a waiver. And it's like, this craft is completely untested and uh, may cause death and isn't regulated by any, you know, yeah. naval body in the entire world, and if you get in it, you could die, and that's your fault. And they're like, sign me up. You know, it's like yeah, this that, whole thing. One, of like, one guy literally goes, where do I sign? You know, it's like, oh, let's go on this adventure. And it is just mm. ended in such tragedy. And I actually, it's it's obviously a huge tragedy. Feel for the families. Obviously, feel for those who have lost their lives. Um, as, you know, they, they, they were going on, again, something that, see, like, it's like that genre of, you know, it's like bungee jumping or, mm-hmm. you know, going deep into the ocean. It's like, wow, you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous or going on a roller coaster. But it's like, oh, but, you know, it's, it, you should get through. Like, that was another big thing that was a part of the promotional material. It's like, it's easy to drive this thing. You basically need to press one button and then you're down with the Titanic. Yeah, he was saying it's like an elevator. He's like, yeah. it's not that complicated. You just press the button, you go down, you press the button, you come up. Yeah, and so for, you know, these billionaires, it's like, oh, well, we're going to go and experience something that it costs $250,000 per mm-hmm. ticket, by the way. Very um, we're going to go and experience something that no one else can afford and no one else can do. And But it's, you know, it's this controlled risk that mm-hmm. we can get away with because we're rich. Um, but it turned out that it was very out of control. And particularly the history of the Ocean Gate 
Titan and it's submersible mm. that every single mission that it's ever done hasn't led in death, but there's been some malfunction that's happened that has led to communication being cut off and whatnot. And initially when it happened, when the communication cut out, uh, what the investors were putting out in, in their press releases, so the investors in Ocean Gate, they were like, oh, you know, this has happened before and it's absolutely fine. And, you know, this submarine, it'll float back to the surface. It's designed to do that. You know, it's, it's not designed just to stay underwater it'll float up but yeah what they've ultimately found and confirmed is that <laughs> it did not float back up this thing just got absolutely crushed so it's it's such an interesting story to me and i think such it's 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 like a i think there'll definitely be a movie made about this uh like some kind of hollywood movie about you know the the lead up to it and whatnot because it's incredibly interesting and it's captivated many people i'd be interested to know what tone they make that movie in. yeah yeah absolutely but simultaneously it is like one of the greatest cautionary tales of all time mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, your money is, can't save you or, or buy you brains right. it seems exactly and pride goes a long way mm-hmm. even to really smart mm-hmm. rich people so, yeah, really, really interesting situation and scenario. Oh, okay, I've got just a little bit of time to talk about a story that came out of John Hopkins University, which was that John Hopkins University, it wrote a, a glossary that defined LGBT terms. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, was, it, it has gone, like, viral, and it has been quite deliberated over because its language defining lesbianism was non-men who are attracted to other non-men. Like a non-man who are attracted in a relationship to other non-men. And it's like, okay, fair enough. Now, the, the criticism was that, oh, this erases women from the, you know, interpretation. And, and again, how do we, how do we bring in, you know, it's using more gendered language and, you know, it's not inclusionary to the trans community. And particularly because the, uh, the definition of homosexuality was like, uh, you know, uh, men who are romantically engaged and affectionate towards other, other you know, males who are in, romantically engaged and affectionate towards other males. Mm. And so, yeah, there was huge controversy surrounding all of these definitions and it's led, like, pressure against John Hopkins. They've, like, deleted it and they're, like, refining it and there's all this debate over, oh, well, how do we define this? And I believe that it's so difficult to make these definitions because they just simply don't make sense. That's right. And they 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 really they really just don't. Like I think it's quite easy to define lesbianism. Not that you know I'm I am an advocate for lesbianism. It's quite mm. easy. But again, because of like it's like oh as soon as they use gendered language, then it's like oh this is against transgender people. When they use non-gendered language, then it's against women. Yeah. So you have this huge problem, and it, it reminds me recently. Uh, that a statement came out from so this is a, a singer songwriter actor her name's Demi Lovato she was like the it girl when I was growing up like mm-hmm. on TV mm-hmm. in all the magazines like she was like the teen idol when I was growing up alongside you know Miley Cyrus and whatnot and she's been a huge outspoken uh, LGBT and trans ad, uh, like a ad poster child for it almost that's yeah. right um, which has you know simultaneously she's been in lots of personal strife and trouble and controversy around, you know, drug use and whatnot. Um, but then she come out recently and she's just like, I'm sick of using non-gendered terms. Like, cause she was they, regarding them. herself as they, them. She's yeah. like, I just, it's so exhausting. And she's like, I'm just going to be a woman from now on. I'm just going to be a she. And, and it's like, okay, again, 
because these definitions are actually quite simple. Mm. And I think when we really just take steps beyond biology into ideology, it just makes things so difficult. I feel sorry for John Hopkins in this situation. It's like one of the rare times I feel sorry for a university. I'm just (laughs) like, man, they're in a difficult position. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let me hit you with breakfast quiz number three. Where did the Pharisees claim Jesus got his power from? A very controversial scene in the Bible. Where did the Pharisees claim Jesus got his power from? 0491-064669. We are drawing that prize later today. It's your last opportunity to get in to win uh, the Journal of the Word reference Bible. Where did the Pharisees claim Jesus got his power from? Mm, absolutely. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we have come to a time where we do our interview, and we have a doctor on the phone. Ooh, la, la. Dr. Simon, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Good morning to you both. Oh, we are stoked to have you on the show. Now, I didn't want to... I, we've never met before. I didn't want to attempt saying your last name because it's 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 a little bit foreign. So you can introduce it for us. Okay, so it's Simon and Petzisi, spelled P-E-D-Z-I-S-I, and its origin is Zimbabwe. Oh, you're Zim. Yes. Ah, Mameru. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, I am, oh a, yes. I am a Zimbabwe sympathizer. Well, as in their food. I love Zimbabwe food. I love my. I have a bunch of Zim <clears throat> friends, and you know we we eat sudza regularly. It's amazing. Oh, great. Well, that that definitely qualifies you as Zimbabwean. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I am Zimbabwean. You heard it here first. Yes, yes. I'll I'll sort your paperwork for you. I love it. Awesome. uh, So you're calling us on an Australian number. So you're here in Australia. Where are you residing? So I'm actually in Kurumbong. Um, Moved here about a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. from Waronga. Mm-hmm. And then moved to Australia about three years ago from England. Oh wow. oh, wow. Okay, so you have been jet setting, and I imagine the reason for moving around is because of your doctor medical activities. So, well, a couple of things really. I say that God had a plan for us to be somewhere. Uh, wow. We've got two kids, and we wanted our kids to have a different Christian experience and upbringing. And um, so this opportunity in Australia came at the right time when we were praying and asking God to to lead in terms of, you know, how well shall we uh, bring our kids up and, and the right environment. So it was great, you know, coming over and, and being in the Christian community, um, Adventist community in, in Kurumbong. Mm. Um, and with regards to my, my doctorate, so my doctorate is, research-based. I've got a clinical background mm-hmm. um, and it's been around looking at um, clinical issues and comorbidities that affect elderly people. So mm. thinking about dementia, neurological conditions, Parkinson's, strokes, and um, you know those, those kind of areas. Mm. Of course. So you're deep in this field of yeah, uh, researching those effects of those those different diseases on on elderly people and geriatric people, and I think that that would give you a lot of insight on our interview topic today, which is essentially we're talking about well being in a in a general sense, and so so you can bring it down to our level here of of us as hosts, and maybe we've we've definitely got some people in the medical field listening uh, this morning, but for for the for the lay people who are looking into you know med you know uh, well being and and the 
medical area. How is it that we can define that? What are we looking for and what are we looking at? Okay, so well-being is a topic that is often discussed and and talked about in so many different contexts, Um, Mm. you know, work, um, at home. Um, you know, in social life and things like that. But if you look at the definition, and I'm going to use the definition from the World Health Organization because sure. I particularly like it because I think it's quite broad, mm-hmm. but yet again, uh, quite practical in terms of helping us to really connect with what aspects and components should we really be focusing on. Mm-hmm. So it says that well-being is a state of being completely physically, mentally, and socially comfortable. Mm-hmm. It goes on to say that it is not merely the absence of disease or infirmity, which means that um, it is well-being is not defined by not having any disease. Mm. It's also not defined by not having a disability, which is quite interesting because what it reassures us is the fact that anyone can achieve a state of well-being mm. regardless of whatever physical or mental condition that you've got. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it means that you can be physically um in well-being, even though you might have cancer, as long as your pain and symptoms are not removed, but at least manageable and mm. you can cope with them, which is actually quite positive. Yeah, absolutely. And I think ultimately it creates a situation in which we are active or taking, we, we have a role in enabling the well-being of ourselves, despite the situation. Absolutely. And I think it it allows people to see beyond the current challenge. Mm. And also, even when the challenge cannot be re- reversed or removed, but it allows you to have a different perspective in terms of what you're going through, which is very different from, you know, how people tend to look at, you know, well-being, because in, in, in most cases, well-being is advertised as you shouldn't have any issues, mm. you know, going on. Whereas we're saying, actually, the world that we live in now the you know the the health sciences and everything else around us um, means that we are at some point going to be unwell because of one reason or another. Mm-hmm. It can be genetic, it can be lifestyle, whatever. But the positive thing is when you understand that well-being is made up of these three components: the physical, the mental, and the social. Then you can start considering what is it that you can do differently in order to get to a state of comfort, to wow. a state of balance. Oh, wow. That's really amazing. I, I'm just reflecting at the moment. So, so right now, um, you know, not to get into too much detail, but for the last couple of days, I have some like swelling in my gum because I, uh, I have a wisdom tooth coming through and mm. it's led to like a huge amount of pain where right? I've been getting little sleep of a night and whatnot because I'm just like dealing with this pain. Um, and I had a, I had a situation where last night i had run out of you know i had i was using some pain medication i'd run out of pain medication and i was dying i I went and got in the shower for like 30 minutes you know just to just to get you know wash my mouth out and just like get um you know the the warm water running over my skin to like relax me enough just to get some hours of sleep but because of my positive social situation and you know i am here in the studio this morning on faith fm radio surrounded by you know my other co-host and my producer i was able to to text those guys and to say hey you know have you guys uh, i'm just running into the studio now do you guys have any um pain medication and they're able to give me that which has enabled me to now be on the show and speaking so my despite having this issue 
um, mm. a, a state of well-being or positive well-being has been achieved because of those other aspects of well-being. Like in that case, the uh, I was um, experiencing some like physical ailment, but because mm. of good social well-being, I was able to overcome that physical ailment, at least in my immediate situation. Uh, absolutely, and, and and well done for for uh, braving on and <laughs> looking at your context and situation in a different way. I hope definitely that your your absence resolves. And that's a fact, you know. Just using your example, um, you know, if we if we contextualize that, the mental health aspect is concerned with our psychology mm. and our emotions. Mm. So our psychology, the way we process what's happening to us, the way we understand what's happening to us, the way we look at, you know, our situation, and therefore that actually then triggers our emotional response. So if you tell yourself that I'm in pain and I can't actually get up and I can't actually move mm-hmm. and I can't talk and this is terrible and the world is going to end, <laughs> then emotionally you will find that, you know, your patriportal system and your endocrine system and all other parts of your systems that are connected with producing the hormones for stress mm. kick in and therefore emotionally you start to become so distressed that your mental health will move from being in a state of comfort, hope, into despair and feeling hopelessness. And that's where a lot of times, you know, sometimes people struggle because they face a situation and that situation defines how they feel. And I think, you know, from, from, from just looking at, you know, the concept of well-being, one of the things that, you know, I really want to encourage listeners to think about is the fact that if your mental health is the biggest component mm. of your well-being, then it starts by understanding and processing things differently. And mm. we can talk uh, later on about, you know, some of the tricks Mm. And tips, you know, that, um, that, that people can use and particularly maybe using even my example, mm. when I'm struggling with something that I feel I can't change, mm. something that is beyond my control or something that really, really causes me a lot of pain. Mm. Again, you know, it's about stopping and reflecting and, you know, I start by praying all the time, mm. you know, and there's a situation that I'm tra- currently going through, um, at the moment. And I keep reminding myself that God, if you are in charge, which you are, Mm. then this is something that I don't have to deal with on my own. And this is something that I know that either you will address or you will give me the strength Mm. that I need to be able to know exactly how to address it. And I find that helps a lot in just changing my psychology. And therefore, what comes after that as a chain reaction is a difference in how I respond emotionally Mm. to the situation. Absolutely. So what I'm seeing here is that these three aspects of well-being, social, mental, and um, physical, are all affecting one another, uh, are innate. You know, if if you have a fallout psychologically or mentally, that can have a physiological effect and vice versa, or a fallout socially, that can have a, a mental effect. So all of these three aspects are working intertwined with one another but i love what you've just said that they can also be addressed by you know in um, in my situation um i'm like oh you know call on the help of my friends but that we have a well-being advantage by having a relationship with god uh, because again those uh, your 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 mental well-being has an effect on your social and physiological well-being and so if you can have that relationship with god it will it will enable you to to be in a greater state of well-being that will affect all aspects of well-being absolutely so they they're very much interrelated 
um, they're also sequential, which mm. is one, one, one sort of aspect that people don't talk about a lot. So in order, you have your mental health, mm-hmm. which is the largest component. It then drives your social health and then ultimately your physical health. Wow. Now in medicine, we tend to focus so much on the physical sure. because those are the things that we can measure and see, but yet they are the byproduct of the social and the mental. Let me put it in context. So if you think you are struggling with something that you can't change and that you can't control, the way you see your world can be paralyzing and therefore emotionally you are so distressed. What tends to happen is for most people, they start to withdraw from social contact, from their community, from the Mm. people around them. Mm -hmm. And therefore that actually starts to lead into a state whereby you don't have that social support that is required to help you go through the challenges that you're going through. Mm. And as a result of the social withdrawal, you start to see other things changing in terms of your interest, you know, in in, in terms of uh, your ability to actually look for solutions or find alternative ways to deal with things or even just going and asking for help, which means as you become isolated, you're likely to actually start becoming depressed Mm. as a result of what you're going through, and that actually has a direct impact on your physical health. So other things, you know, which are very common, loss of appetite, you know, sleeping longer, um, not drinking well, and not eating well, then your sleep cycle changes, and before you know it, your physical, you know, response starts to change, and therefore somebody becomes so unwell in a very short period of time and everyone is surprised about it. And yet, you know, that connection or that chain reaction is exactly what would be happening. Mm, absolutely. Now, Simon, in the last minutes that we have here, how can we address those issues then? Again, if we can see, okay, it starts here and there's this sequential uh, order that takes place that can lead us in a very bad spot. What are some practical tips that would enable us to to stop that process and its tracks that we might enable good well-being rather than be subjected to bad well-being? So I think the first thing that we need to do is to just anchor ourselves in our faith. Mm, wow. The world that we live in today has got so many stresses around us and within, and it's very difficult for us to be able to navigate those challenges by ourselves in our human mind without the uh, divine intervention of God. So the first thing I'd say is, you know, anchor yourself in in your faith and um, being aware that your mental health being constituted by your psychological view of things and your emotional response. It means that the things that you put in, in terms of what you read, what you listen to and what you watch, they help shape the resilience that your mental health needs when you face difficulties. But if you feed your mind and you feed your psychology um, with things, you know, which are generally quite distressing and they don't build you uh, from a faith perspective, then chances are when you start to face difficulties, you're not able to see things in a different context. And therefore, again, the second thing I'll be saying is, you know, just be aware, how are you exercising your mental health? We talk about Mm. exercising your physical health, but how do you exercise your mental health? You know, uh, from a Christian perspective, you know, reading the Bible, spending time with, you know, in prayer, um, being able to actually just remove yourself from the drama of the world and some of the things that take us so much energy to try and follow through. And social media is one of the things that really 
you know, takes away that exercise from the mental ability to, you know, look wow. at things from a different perspective because we follow what everybody else is doing subconsciously. Mm. Absolutely. And then, yes. And then the second aspect is about the social health, you know, always pray and understand the people around you so that God is always connecting you with the right people such that when you need the support, um, you have the right people to help you. Mm. And it's quite amazing because even when we've moved from England to Australia, we've seen God's help um, in so many ways where just, you know, the right people just come and introduce themselves and we just end up, you know, connecting in different ways. Mm. And we found that that has helped us a lot in being able to have that social network and that social connection because, you know, the Bible says that men shall, it is not good for men to be, you know, uh, mm. by himself and not talking about men in terms of just, you know, men, but humankind. Mm. And I think that's a really good principle to understand because that addresses loneliness, that mm. addresses isolation, which are one of the biggest contributing factors to physical changes leading to depression mm. in most people who are elderly. And of course, the physical health, you know, how much sunlight, which uh, provides vitamin D, also, you know, activates your, your, your occipital lobe, which activates your frontal lobe. And your mm. frontal lobe is responsible for thinking, behavior, processing information. So if our frontal lobe is kept healthy, you know, good sleep, um, good sunlight, uh, good activity uh, throughout the week, then chances are your mental health will also be able to be much stronger and understanding that those three are interconnected. So when you think about mental health, when you think about social health, when you think about your physical health, understand that there's a chain reaction that starts from the mental all the way to the, to the physical. Amazing. Simon, thank you so much for joining us on The Breakfast Show this morning. We are going to continue on. Right now, this is The Lower Lights with The Seeker. I am Seeker. You are keeper, you are leader, won't you show me the way?
To Faith FM, positively different radio. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.